Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Another Film Popcast. My name is Tierney. My name is Colin. My name is Matt. <laughs> Thank <All right>. you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really uh, know what to do with that one. So. It was a very NPR point. Yeah. <laughs> so we're... Uh, we just discussed this like four minutes ago, introducing yet another segment to the podcast <laughs> yeah. that this one comes before the discussion. And this, and yeah, so, this one's usually behind the scenes. Um, so yeah. we're, we're, we're pulling back the curtain a little we're bit. We're making like, it public. Yeah. You know, we're going public with this, <laughs> with this bit. <laughs> so um, to give you like the full context before we ex- like tell you what it is, um, we do all of our our recordings over zoom and so i set up the zoom it's not calls. sponsored by zoom though yeah, yeah not no. no no free ads no free ads <laughs> we didn't use any platform really <laughs> we, we didn't use no any platform this is just the one that we do use um but anyway so i create it and then i send out the link to matt and tyranny to join and i always do dumb subject lines that are like somewhat related to the movie that we're watching <laughs> so, alternate titles alternate titles yeah. sure yeah we can, okay so that's what this segment will be it will just be the alternate titles um so this week the movie we watched and are discussing is lucille 2's defining characteristic <laughs> excellent subject line for arrested development fans all over i was gonna say like, kind of niche. I mean, I feel like most of the people that would be listening to this are familiar with Arrested Development, so it's probably yeah. not that niche. But Arrested um, Development. But yeah, if you don't watch if you don't watch Arrested Development, the joke there is that Lucille Two. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just should have acted it out. <laughs> but no one can see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lucille too, uh, played by Liza Minnelli, just has vertigo. <laughs> that's just like yeah. a, just a thing. That's, that's it's her defining characteristic. Her defining actually, defining characteristic. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> <God>. nausea. <laughs> I feel like it's probably time for an Arrested rewatch. At least the first probably. three seasons. I, was I don't know if the I can commit to season Rest four. Jessica Walter. Oh, damn it! Anyway. I had forgotten about that. <laughs> Thanks for ruining. Yeah, yeah so so had well, I. So whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, Lucy Lostero has Vertigo, so that means what's the title of this week's movie? Vertigo. Vertigo. Red October. Oh. <laughs> Sam Neill is um, in that movie, isn't he? I think. Maybe, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, he I plays. Know. I think he plays a Russian uh, naval man, a Russian oh. seaman. Hey-o. He's got semen in his navel? Whoa. Whoa. Something way horribly awry. <laughs> oh, goodness. Should be somewhere else. Oh, yeah, well. Hey-o. Anyway, um, yeah, we're doing vertigo. <clears throat> Lots of getting all the coughs out of the way. So. <coughs> Yeah, let's all cough into our <laughs> microphones and then not edit that out. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this was the last one of our Oscars-related series. Um, and so this is these are movies that were not nominated for Best Picture, but we feel like they should. So this was my pick. 
And interestingly enough, but probably not that surprising, I'd never seen this movie before. <laughs> so I had no real reason to pick this one other than um, I know that now it's like very widely regarded as like one of the best films of all time. Um, so and then I did a little research uh, beforehand and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it was nominated for a couple Academy Awards, but it was not nominated for anything major. Mm. Um but anyway, so that was uh, that was my pick. Um, I also just like very, very, very limited um, Hitchcock knowledge. Um, I've seen literally North by Northwest and now this, <laughs> so I'm, like very unfamiliar with his filmography. Um, although I have seen Disturbia, the Shia LaBeouf joint. That's basically Rear Window, oh, supposedly. Sure. <laughs> so. I mean, I don't really know. <laughs> Have you also listened know. to Disturbia by Rihanna? I obviously listened to Disturbia by, Disturbia by Rihanna. That's a my, hard thing to my, say. <laughs> my friend Jim, who's guest starred on this program for the Sting episode, uh, at first thought that that song she was singing, When You Start Me Up, and he thought the name of the song was When You Start Me Up, not Disturbia. But he heard, oh. When You Start Me Up. <laughs> and we were like, what? <laughs> How did you get When You Start Me Up from Disturbia? And he's like, I don't know. Uh, Related, uh, Adrian, if you're listening, I'm sorry for putting you on blast like this, but (laughs) Adrian famously (laughs) thinks that (laughs) the line from the Rihanna T.I. song, Live Your Life, uh, Adrian always hears it as Rihanna saying, because I'm a big fucking slut. (laughs) But the actual line is... Like, I don't even remember. I think... Line. Now I don't, I don't know. even know what part that, that would go for. <laughs> but like Adrian always hears it that way, and I'm like, no, that's definitely not what it is. Um, but ever since Adrian told me that, I have never once been able to hear that song and not think of that. So, um, so apparently, it's just like hard for you to, not you, but like hard for people to understand what Rihanna's saying when she's singing. So. Mm. Yeah, I think it's people people doing a lot of oh the, uh, their own decision making. The line, the actual line is, "Cause I'm a paper chaser." That doesn't I'm sound. I'm a paper chaser. Yeah, that so, sounds anything like I'm a big yeah. slut. <laughs> I don't know. So that's a thing. I'm, but anyway, <laughs> I also have that struggle. But mine is uh, almost no. Elton John song. I just have no idea oh, what he's saying. No <laughs> I have no clue. What, when I see lyrics to Elton John songs, I'm like, oh, and still like what? Like mohair's like he's got electric mo- boots, a mohair suit. You know, he read it in a magazine. You're like, what? what? Excuse me. A four year old taught here? me the lyrics of uh, Rocket Man. Because I just had no idea what it was, what he was saying. <laughs> anyway, this is a huge tangent. What are we even doing welcome here? Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to another film podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back from Disturbia to Hitchcock. You're um, not a big Hitchcock, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I was excited to watch this one. And I'm also really excited to talk about it. As is my want, I did not take notes, but I'm sure you guys did or... Yeah, kind of. We can, you know, just see where the conversation goes. But I think I'm excited to talk about this one because I think it's a very interesting movie. And I think the, like the, um, I don't, like cult's not the word that I'm looking for, but basically the fact that this movie was like a mediocre success 
when it first mm-hmm. came out and now is like j- widely regarded as one of the best movies of all time i think is really interesting um but Harold anyway, Maude we, was like <clears throat> that too lest us not forget yeah right like <clears throat> um but anyway so what <laughs> what did you guys think I, tierney you'd never seen this before right I beg your pardon. Oh. Whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh-oh. <laughs> she saw this in theaters when it first premiered. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Tierney's been out here standing for Vertigo since she was a teenager. <laughs> when um, it came out in theaters in 1958. <laughs> I was 21 going to the movie with my betrothed. <laughs> the silver screen lit up that night. We all had our tiny bags of popcorn at the premiere. <laughs> uh, no, so I, uh, I think it would have been a junior or senior in high school um, and had seen, obviously, as it's been discussed on this pod, before I uh, frequent Turner Classic Movies mm. and have since I was a youth um, and... <laughs> When they I were think, new. When well, I was going to say, except, except when, when this was happening, it wasn't called Turner Classic Movies. It was no, just, it was just Turner Movies. movies. Yeah, the just... cinema. The golden age of cinema. The movies. The current movies. Um, and I think it started probably in early... Yeah, because we didn't even get cable, I think, until I was 15. So it would have been like sometime in high school, There was, they do Hitchcock festivals. And I would have seen... Oh, sure like parts of them and then uh like just went on a hitchcock binge and so i just would go to the library and check out dvds of hitchcock movies so uh, to the point where like when we lived together and i would do go through and like record movies there were a lot of movies that i'd actually seen before that i just had no memory of until you're watching it and you're like, oh, I, th- I have seen this before from when I binged Hitchcock movies. <laughs> um, so I get this one confused with a lot of other movies. Um, so I've, I think at this point I've probably seen it like four times. Um, it is not my favorite Hitchcock. Um, mm. That one is reserved strictly for Rear Window. Um, from what I remember. <laughs> what? Oh, Disturbia. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, just because of the like suspense and all that in it, um, but it is a very good one, and I do enjoy it. We can get into some of the things that I don't like about it, but but the things that suck the the thing that sucks is that the things I don't like about it are necessary to have the things I like about it. Like you have to have the payoff. Yeah. So anyway, so that's my relationship with this movie. Uh, just a really cool high schooler going to the library and checking <laughs> yeah. out really old movies. <laughs> Which, like, side As, note, I was unaware that this came towards, like, the tail end of Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... Yeah. Again, I... Oh. Like, I... Yeah, I... I obviously, like, half like, of his movies are black and white. Yeah. And he, like, made That's silent films. Like, he made, like, a good chunk of yeah. silent films and then, like, transitioned to sound films and then obviously like made it through the black and white phase so um i just i guess i just like assumed that this was like because this is one of the ones that's considered like an apex right um i just assumed that this was like earlier on in his career especially considering it's it's rare that um directors put out like quote unquote their best work later in their later career on. 
Yeah. Um, I was anyway. going to say one other thing is that I was super annoyed that I had to wait two weeks to get Dial M for murder. <laughs> it's like the last one I couldn't get. <laughs> I had to like request it from like some faraway library to get it. This Yeah, this checks out. <laughs> yeah. Are uh, you telling me I can't have Dial M for murder for two whole weeks? <laughs> what am I going to do with my time? I thought this was 1984. Mrs. Schneider, I'd like to leave a complaint. If you have a form, I will fill it out. They probably thought I was so weird because I'd also create uh, the printer. At the li- This is a, one really quick tangent My God. that I think you guys will appreciate. Uh, the printer at the library was a laser printer, and the printer we had at my house was one of the, like, ink ones. Oh, yeah. And so to reference to when I discussed um, printing collages and putting them in notebooks, <laughs> I used to go to the library to print those <laughs> and you had to pay 10 cents so they the librarians were probably like who's this weirdo who for four years would come in and just print pictures of daniel radcliffe <laughs> to, to graduate into hitchcock movies they were probably like what the hell is wrong with this girl <laughs> Oh god, that's incredible! Uh, <laughs> they were probably like looking at it like, oh, "What beautiful progress! Look how she's grown." <laughs> they like they had their own other copies. They had, they kept their own collages, and one day they're like, "Tierney, come back here," and they show you this collage of your of your growth in the library and all of your loves. Oh man, that and would like, be fun. Welcome home, and you live in this library. But Tierney's like, "This is kind of weird." <laughs> Right? Like, we're all in agreement that this is weird that you've been. You like these interests, right? You still like Lord of the Rings? <laughs> stay here. Stay I own here. those books. Stay I, didn't here, have to buy, I didn't have to check them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. <laughs> uh, Matt, anyway, what is, Matt, what is your yeah. relationship to Lucille? What too? movie are we doing? Uh, uh, my relationship with Vertigo is I heard mm-hmm. it was good for a very long time, and then in 2014 or 2015, I watched it. And I thought it was fine. And I forgot most of it. So this movie was really like watching it for the first time again. Because I truly forgot most of the movie. (laughs) But maybe was also just not paying enough attention at that point. But (laughs) still have problems. Um, But mostly my problem is with the very, 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 very end. Yes. That's my biggest problem. (laughs) So lots of other stuff to talk about besides that. And uh, yeah. Do we want to talk a little Oscars? Since we've been, that's kind of how we've been structuring these ones that didn't get nominated. So, yeah, I I mean, I think this was not, like, critically adored at the time. Like, again, it has since been, like, re-evaluated and it's, like, people really love it now. But um, at the time, it was nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Sound and Best Art Direction, which is now Best Production Design. Um, Mm -hmm. The sound one, I don't yeah, pretty really... pretty good production design. Like, it's it's fine. <clears throat> um, but I think the production design actually does make sense. Because I was thinking that yeah. as I was watching it. The apartments like, are, like, The, the apartments are... Notch. Exactly. I, like, every time they went to a different apartment, I was like, ooh. Like, this is... And, like, Midge's apartment is, like, very much Midge's character. And um, his apartment is, like, very much his apartment. Johnny slash Scotty, which... That took me a while to, like, wrap my brain around that. And then he finally, like, explained it to... I was like, 
Okay, that's that makes sense now. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. it doesn't, but at least I can understand why people are calling you two different names. Um, but anyway, when you finally get to see inside his apartment, it's like, oh, this is perfect for what, like, this would be his apartment. Um, so I, I think, like, that one actually makes sense to me. I don't have a problem with the sound, but I also didn't think anything in the sound was, like, yeah, that terribly noteworthy. Um, what categories do you guys think this should have, like, do you think this should have been nominated for Best Picture? And again, like, we probably haven't seen, well, Tierney's seen all of these movies, I'm sure, but, like... <laughs> I was gonna say, what else was nominated? Yeah. So, the winner that year was Gigi, which I have heard of, I haven't seen, but I have heard of. I uh, other that, nominees actually. were Auntie Mame, which I'd never heard of, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which I have heard of, but have not seen. I've seen that one. That's Paul Newman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the def- the <laughs> that Defiant was a Ones. Phase. Yes. <laughs> um, the Defiant Ones and Separate Tables. So, like, mm. for whatever that's worth, I had, I had heard of Vertigo, but I hadn't heard of a good chunk of those nominees. So. Right. The impact of Vertigo seems like it deserves probably yeah. a spot. Yeah. Um, just compared to other ones, yeah, like you said, have not have not tested the or have not stood the test of time as far as discussion of them. right yeah um or ju- yeah like you were saying this is like on afi's top 100 and like a lot of other lists so, so. yeah i think that's interesting too because like and i think it's 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 interesting like how like not we but like if you look at it now you can actually see the critical reevaluation happening like over time like AFI, I think they did their their first list in like two thousand. Was it? Not, it was. I don't know when they did their first list, but the first time Vertigo was only like in the sixties, but then they redid their list like ten years later, and it had jumped up to like seven. Um, so like in that ten year span, it went from being like, yes, this is a really good movie, to this is one of the best movies. Um, and then the same thing for Sight and Sound, which is the poll that I talked a little bit about last week, but. Um, that's done by the British Film Institute, and <clears throat> they only do it every 10 years. And <clears throat> Vertigo just, like, wasn't on the list at all, period, for several years. And Citizen Kane has been the number one for... It's, it's like, a perfect movie. Right, exactly. And, like, so Citizen Kane has been the number one for 50-ish years in Sight and Sound. But then every 10-year increment, like... Okay, so Vertigo's on the list now. Okay, Vertigo's in the top 10 now. And then now we're at the point where in the 2012 list, the most recent one, Vertigo overtook Citizen Kane as the number one film of all time. Damn. Don't know if I'd agree with that. Right, which I think is like a strong choice. (laughs) um, And I think, honestly, that might have more to do with their like methodology, which I think is... I haven't done too much research in this, but I think it's just... They ask a bunch of people to just list their top 10 movies of all time, and then they create their list based on how many times a movie is mentioned. Mm. So, like, if enough people put Vertigo on... And, again, I haven't done a ton of research. This could be wrong, but my understanding at this point is, like, even if people put Vertigo in, but they only put it at their, like, number 10, if they're mentioning it, then that that moves it up. So, like, if somebody who was, like... Or, you know, they only do this every 10 years. So, like, if, like, a chunk of people who were, like, diehard Citizen Kane stands... Either, people like, probably just haven't seen it because it's black and white in an old movie. Right. So, I think, like, it's interesting to see. But, yeah, so as of right now, Vertigo is the number one again. And so, I think, like... Or not again, but just, like, is the number one. So, in next year is when they're doing their next sight and sound poll. So, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see, like, what happens in the 2022 edition. 
uh, I think with, like, regard to other Oscars, I think the only other ones I would consider doing would be... I don't know if it's cinematography or editing, but I think it's editing. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. For, like, I mean, the level of suspense and... But then some of the shots are really good, so maybe both. I don't know. I, did, I do the think... Shot... Yeah, the transition of, like, when they're kissing and you see the apartment turn into yeah. the, like, mission and then back into the apartment. Very skillful editing. Very smart editing. So, yeah. Yeah, I could see editing. I think editing makes sense. Um, and I also think... I do think, like, best director. Like, Hitchcock should have... Yeah. Gotten some... Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily know... I, I haven't seen enough of these movies to, like, comment, comment on whether or not he should have won. But, like, you know... I, I just I think that like this movie is very well directed, um, correct. And I, I, again, I don't have the context of Hitchcock, so it doesn't surprise me, Tierney, that this isn't your favorite. Because I having, also <clears throat> go ahead. Having seen like a lot of old movies, there's something very different I think about watching a Hitchcock movie versus watching like I don't know any other old movie. Yeah, and it feel like as an audience member. I feel like you're in, you know you're in better hands, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, a stillness where it's almost like he, he isn't trying to win you over, he knows he's going to win you over, and so he doesn't have to do all the flashy little tricks and everything, he's just like, I'm gonna tell the story the way it should be told, and you're like, and I will watch it. Yeah. Because it's better made than anything else that's (laughs) coming out at the time. Um... I, I don't really have much else to say re-Oscars. So yeah. if you guys do, we can jump in. But I think if you don't, that your point that you were just making, Tierney, I think is a good transition into actually talking about the movie itself. Because I think that was my main takeaway as I was watching this. It's like, it's pretty simple. I mean, until it gets very complicated. But like, as you're watching it, it's, it's a pretty simple, pretty straightforward story. Um and it's not like, like you said, it's not that flashy, but it is like immensely watchable. Like mm-hmm. I, like as I, <clears throat> as I started watching and like sometimes with older movies, especially if it's an older movie, that's like got a reputation and I'm like coming to the party late. Like there's, it, it takes me a while to kind of like, you know, get on the frequency that I need to be on to watch that. But for this one, like as soon as I press play, I was just like, oh, I'm like, I'm in like, this is just so immensely watchable that like i i don't love this movie i do think it has some problems but like i'm very very here for this ride um and then it takes some turns and i was like oh (laughs) okay takes a lot of turns (laughs) don't quite know how i feel about some of that but it's like um but yeah so i I, oh sorry go ahead I, i didn't really have anything else to say i was just gonna like the you know hitchcock is known as like being like the master of suspense right and i like this movie, the suspense of this movie is not what I would traditionally think of when I think of a suspenseful movie. Um, but it is like, like it is like, I was like captivated the entire time and I was like, Oh my God, I need to know like what's going on. Um, so I, I I thought it was, it's interesting that it it is a suspense movie, just very different than anything I would have pegged it to be. Yeah. Um, we, I was going to say we can bounce off of that into it sounds like Matt also wants to talk about uh, well we all want to talk about the ending yeah. but I was going to say the a bridge 
from from that to the ending is the like the one one of my few notes was that I just like every time I watch it I can't care about the mystery of of Carlota I just yeah. don't mm-hmm. And I think it's because maybe it, like subconsciously I like I'm like oh it's a red herring it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But I just like what's the actress's name too? Uh I got it I got it pulled up. Um it is Kim Novak. Kim yeah, I was going to say it's Kim, Kim. Kim. I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember her last name. I knew it was Uh I just like can't care about her in that role and I just I'm always just like oh throughout the whole thing but you need that in order to have the ending have the ending that it is mm-hmm. but it's just every time I'm just like I think it's her I, th- I think it's her more than anything else and I just like can't care I do yeah I think I mean, I, I think it's the character, right? Like, the the role that she's playing. I don't... I Because I thought she was good. Like, oh. But yeah, like, it's just, like, it's just a nothing character. Because it's, yeah. she's always just, like, like, faking... I mean, you find out later, she's just, like, faking having these, like, weird episodes. So she's just, like, kind of standing there being nothing. Like, just being, like, right. emotionless. So it's just... Or, like, the first time... Like, when he's fought, like, before they actually, like, interact with one another, when he's just following her around, and he just, like, goes and just watches her just stand in silence, or sit in silence and just stare at a thing. It's, so she just, like, isn't really a character at that part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> and then, oh boy, does she become a character. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah. I think it it is, like... The whole... Carlotta thing is really packed into the explanation when she's writing the letter. Yeah. yeah. Where, like, I truly didn't understand what any of what I'd previously watched was for. Mm-hmm. Until, <laughs> it, the, until they're like, and then uh, I was a fake because I had to pretend to be the person, but the person, that was the wife was actually living in the country. And and then I became the wife, and then that whole story was fake. He just made it all up. It's like, wh- what a complicated plot. It was a murder plot. Yeah. Right. They, like, gloss over that part. Yes. Yeah. It's literally, like, a throwaway line in her letter. Yeah. That she's writing him that she ends up throwing away. But that's just, like, she's like, oh, he hired me to help because he wanted to murder his wife. It's like, that seems like a a thing that should have been spent more time on. Right. (laughs) And there's no resolution to that whatsoever with him. This guy just gets away with it. So then you're like, okay, so, like, what that all just went fine then <laughs> that went better than fine everyone bad one what's the point of this yeah um, <laughs> just to, i think especially because we're led into this as like that is most of the movie is him tailing this woman and mm-hmm. stalking her and then getting in and falling in love with her and like the point of the movie is that like oh you fell in love with this person i was portraying but i really love you but that whole plot really doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the movie. And, like, what happens to Midge? What happens to Gavin? Midge especially. Like, I yeah. love Justice her. Justice for Midge. Well, like, I wanted more of her. And she also... Oh, just... It's, it's, the, the tension between them, I think, is so great. And yeah. so well done. 
And I just wanted more of that. Every time well, I watch it, I'm like, I want the Mitch story. Yeah. She reminds me of Barb on, on Stranger Things, where it was like justice for Barb. Yeah. Like, this one was like, where's Midge? Yeah. What happened to Midge's story? She painted an entire picture. Yeah. That was a joke. She's, it was very good. It was a joke. It was so good. Yeah. I Yeah. Because it's, it's weird because she's such a big part of the first part of the movie. And then it's just like completely forgotten for the last half hour. Like, and it's I just like, what, what happened to her? Like, I need I'm more gonna, info. I'm going to raise my Oscars bid and say that that woman should have been nominated for best supporting actress. Cause sure. she's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. She's good. There were a couple of her line deliveries that I was not that invested in, but I think, I, I think that's more of like Fine. a script thing than anything. Cause I, it was, it was like, so when she, so she shows him the painting and he gets like really upset about it and he runs away and she's like, Johnny, Johnny. But then he closes the door and then she still just stares at the door, like door with him not obviously being within earshot. And she's just like, Johnny. I'm like, what? This doesn't make any, like, you watched him walk out the door. <laughs> like, you know that he can't hear you anymore. Like, well, I that feel sounds like, like it's bad editing is what it sounds like. Well, I just feel like it's a, it's like, it makes more sense for the character to just like, emote than say something else or at least like change the way she says his name but she just says it the exact same (laughs) he's already gone i'm like this is weird like so again i don't necessarily think that's her fault it's just like a weird choice in the script phase maybe i don't know if she lowered her voice and made it more like herself that would have been fine exactly yeah i was gonna say like the comeback part of pray you catch me by beyonce like yeah, if that was the tone. It would have been perfect. Yeah, but uh, I do. I do think she was good, and like I did. I was like pretty into Midge, and then yeah, she just like disappeared. I was like, okay, hopefully Midge had a good life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Midge like tailing him and like doing the painting. The moves were like, what is Midge's character? And then we never got an answer to that. We just got like she's fun, and she's funny, and like onto him. Yeah. But I also think, like, maybe a different movie would have been if he tried making her into... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Because that seems like what the direction of, like... I mean, as as weird as it is, I think she, like, starts very strong. And then she gets, like, less and less defined as a character outside of him mm-hmm. as it goes on. I think especially because they used to date and early on he's like, Yeah, but you're okay with that, right? And you would kind of see a look in her eyes of, like, you... I don't know. Like, that was kind of... I'm not over it. Yeah. Um, and so then there's, like, that... Or even when she's like, is she pretty? And he's like, oh, I don't... I, I don't oh, oh, oh. And she's like, okay, uh, have a good night. I'm gonna go check out this library. <laughs> she's, like, very playful, but also kind of, like, jealous at points. Yeah. Yeah. And so that feels like a through line that never continues. But I do love her character before she becomes just kind of this, like... Yeah. You're so like right. She should attention. have been she should have been the Judy character. Yeah. Yeah. Like But then this is like a her... Yeah, but this is a better twist of like, oh, it's I you, suppose. but it's not really you. But it's still, I don't know. Uh in any case, I thought I wrote down the line where she's like, Who do you know who's an authority on San That Francisco? whole conversation was amazing. <laughs> It's so funny. And he's like, and she's like, you can go to the doctor, professor in Berkeley. And he's like, no, no, I'm saying, who do you know who knows the history? She's like, oh, you mean like who shot who on 
Yeah, like who uh, shot who on this street on this date, and, and like He's that like, like was just such a clever way of like getting to the like the point of what he was looking for. And then yeah. what, after she's like, "Well, what do you need?" and he's like, "Well, I'm trying to find out who shot that person." Like he just repeats it right back to her. That was yeah. so fun, so fun. Yeah. I was like, I would like I just... more of these sequences, yeah. please. Yes, <laughs> more of them on the investigation together. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. Yeah, yeah. I, that yeah, I think. Midge is definitely one of, like, the biggest missed opportunities. Because I do think, like, I really enjoyed the first hour and a half of this movie. And I think, like, the twist is really fun. And, like, genuinely, I found shocking. Which I think is interesting for a movie that's, like, mm-hmm. this widely known. That has just, like, kind it's, of been yeah. talked about. But, like, I I was totally, un- like, unexpected. Like, that I was genuinely surprised by. Yeah. But I really was not into the last 30 minutes. And I don't know if we want to, like, go there now or if we want to hold off on that for a little bit and talk about some of the other stuff. But I do think that, like, I was much, much, much more into the first chunk. And I think at least part of that is just, like, the fun, like, the the playfulness between Midge and Johnny. And also, like, yes, in, like, the mystery doesn't matter. But the first time you're watching it, I was like, ooh, this is kind of interesting. Like, it seems like something weird is going on, and I'm interested in getting to the bottom of that. Um, So, like, I enjoyed all of that stuff. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think I, yeah, after the twist, and she, like, writes the letter, and you understand, like, what happened on that bell tower, I thought it really did shift into, like, a different suspense gear Mm -hmm. of, like, now there were actual stakes that we understand. Yeah. of, like, what is the dynamic at play besides, like, he's falling for this woman that he's been paid to tail. Yeah. But there's, like, yeah, like, are there ghosts? Like, wh- why does she, like, run and jump off of this bell tower? Everything seems so, like, what? Yeah. Um. Where then when you're like, oh, okay, there was a lot of mental manipulation going on. Uh, and I think the horror of watching him try to make her into that uh the wife is like so tense and sad and scary yeah of when she's like i don't want this suit and he's like i want the suit you're gonna wear the suit it's like oh my god this is such this is so fucked but and then it like pivots to make him kind of heroic or at least like like he was the aggrieved party and it's like well i mean this is pretty fucked for him to be doing this to judy even if he like feels like he's going crazy it's like you gotta get over this person and like not make this other person into her that's pretty fucked even if she's like lying it just like that whole dynamic was like i think uh more interesting to watch because it was so tense but uh i think it's like a i think it's a big thing like a complicated mess that the ending doesn't hold up and it just kind of like blah like what that's what it is i feel like the second half is the most like hitchcock part of the movie because a lot (laughs) of them deal with like like i'm pretty sure the term gaslight came from i think it's his movie gaslight yeah which is just like someone gaslighting the wife and like just like that it's like it's basically psychological and emotional abuse towards women is what a lot of his movies deal with. Yeah. yeah. And we but can it, get into that. But sure. it is like, it's like super tense and like 
the way it's depicted is so well done that it makes it like fascinating to watch but it's also like that shit happens like it's realistic too um but i think i also just regarding the ending i feel like he walks away as the villain um because you're not certain that he whether or not he put he definitely like emotionally pushed her to a place where she would fall out of a bell tower and physically too i mean he's dragging her up the stairs but there's also the question of whether he actually pushes her right (laughs) out the window Mm. to where i think he ends up the villain at the end of this and i mean for the second half are you really rooting for him absolutely not a hundred percent no (laughs) (laughs) and i think that turn is really fun too yeah yeah um but yeah do we want to spend a little time talking about jimmy stewart just in general (laughs) Yeah. before we sure. talk any more about the ending just because i mean man watching jimmy stewart do anything sign me up <laughs> it's like so in he's he looks great uh 50s Those like the 50s eyes. style is like very much my vibe um and so he just looked amazing the entire like his suits looked great um he looked great uh I don't really, I mean, Tierney, I, I, I mostly just wanted to bring that up so I could clear out and let you monologue for a little bit. But, um, I, so similarly, I'm just, I don't have a ton of familiarity with Jimmy Stewart, like as an actor. Um, so yeah, this before like, this, before this episode, Colin was referring to him as James Stewart. I referred to him as James because that's how he's credited as, uh, mm-hmm. not because I like generally refer, like. If I'm going to be talking about him, I refer to him as Jimmy Stewart. But I just thought it was funny when I because again I don't have a ton of familiarity. Right, I don't have a ton of familiarity with him, so like I know him as Jimmy Stewart. But when the name popped up in the credits as James Stewart, I was like, oh, that's shocking. (laughs) (laughs) They went by their full names back then. Yeah. Um, I guess I I I can talk here. Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to, like, put you on the spot, but I just, I, I think, like, that's another interesting point of, like, again, he's so charming at the beginning, and he's just so magnetic a presence on screen, and so it does make that, like, twist of his character, because I agree, like, I don't know if I necessarily am ready to go with you all the way to, like, he is the villain at the end, um, but you, you're right, like, you don't you're not rooting for him after the twist. You're like, I'm really uncomfortable with everything you're doing, Uh, which we can talk more about when we get closer to like talking about the ending. But um, up until that point, I was like, man, Jimmy Stewart, good shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe part of the reason I'm just realizing this now that I don't like this movie as much is because he isn't a good person by the end. Whereas he normally plays like just wholesome goodness people who have a very distinct way of talking. (laughs) Um, But I think he is an absolute doll. And I had a crush on him, as you will not be surprised, when I was a teenager back in 1958. And... there might have been times where I did print out little collages of him as well. Uh, But then I found... He was actually the first person that I found out what he looked like. He was already dead by the time this all happened but i found out what he looked like early like later in life and was like oh (laughs) 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 like young jimmy stewart was all in for but like 
this is like the tipping point, really. Like anything after this, I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, but he's like just a, I think he is just like a considered like an all American, yeah, guy. I know he fought in World War Two, uh, mm-hmm. and won some medals, but still is a goofy way of talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually just watched another Jimmy Stewart movie uh, with my roommates that was called The Shop Around the Corner, which is the basis for the movie You've Got Mail. Yep. It's oh. the same premise. Interesting. It's the uh, same guy Stewart. who did It's a Wonderful Life. Uh-huh. That is correct. Um, but Jimmy Stewart plays the Tom Hanks character. And then, which led uh, my roommate Hannah to say, like, uh, yeah, if there's like a modern version of Jimmy Stewart, it makes sense that it's Tom Hanks. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, a hundred percent checks out. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but also that movie was pretty cute. Uh, I liked fun. it. I liked it. Do you still like it? I assume you liked it when you saw it when it first came out. But like, do you? <laughs> <laughs> the first has, movie has your I love was... for it like carried through these last sixty years of your life? I haven't. I haven't seen it in the last sixty years. Um, <laughs> Uh, the first movie I saw him in, and it's still my favorite, is It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And just, he's so sweet in that movie. I've he's never seen fine. it. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. What else do we have to talk about? Oh, so I d- I'm just going to rattle through some notes. Yeah. See if it starts up any convos. Opening credits are the sale... Oh, what a sale... Uh, the guy who uh, designed them is like a very well-known opening credits. Oh, and so well-known that his name is remembered. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> you leave me alone. Hold no, on. I take your word for it. No, but I want to find the name because it's these are like notable opening credits. Um, yeah, from like cinema. They like. Oop, there's there's that beautiful cuckoo clock <laughs> oh yeah uh, was that on my end <laughs> no it was on my end i'm at my parents oh. house so it's my mother's <laughs> it's, it's okay. my mother's cuckoo clock <laughs> very fun uh also saul bass is the mm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah designer saul bass did a lot of uh these like very striking uh opening credits and, and credits and stuff like that but cool opening credits uh and uh, very similar to like a lot of the shots later where it's like very green and like the nightmare sequence that Jimmy Stewart has after mm. um, Madeline jumps out of the bell tower. It's like very stylized, very geometric. Um, but yeah, that sequence and like the earlier sequence. There's like an earlier sequence too that I think too that's like kind of high, psychedelic. Mm-hmm. But uh, in any case, yeah, the. Uh, the shots at the flower shop I thought were really cool when he's like peeking through and like watching her move. Oh, uh, but the flowers are all over. It's a really yeah. cool shot. That one, like that, I agree that like that sequence is all really like well shot. But the one that I was like really taken aback by was when she starts kind of walking back towards the door. And then there's the shot of her, and she's, like, standing in front of the mirror, so you, like, see her and her reflection, but then you could just... Yeah. And it's, like, super well lit where she is, 
but then you just kind of like see him through the like the cracked open door and he's like kind of in the shadow but you can still like he's well lit well enough that you can see his face but it's just kind of like him creeping <laughs> which i was yeah. like oh like that one i thought that was like a really fun shot um yeah yeah. This one also made PIs, like private investigators, really creepy in a way that I was like, hmm, I don't typically, I guess I didn't previously think of, like, how, how, like, weird private eyes are, that it's just somebody stalking somebody for money. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then <laughs> being, <pictures>. like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> watching them go in and out. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was, so that was like, oh, this is an interesting dynamic that, like, this is creepy that he's just, like, following her around. I mean, then it, the problem is that, like, turns out good thing because she jumped out into the water. But yeah. it's like, and, like, he was there to save her. But also that was fake. So it's like, you know. Yeah. This is all weird. Um, I did think but, that was, that's, I, like, an interesting way of, uh, like revealing yourself as, as like <laughs> like yeah. i understand like he obviously like had to save her but then like bringing her back to his apartment mm. like undressing her just like putting her to bed in his bed and then just like being there like can I you imagine like, about the fact that he had to undress her yeah, yeah. it's very weird it's, it's really uncomfortable weird. and we'll talk more about why that's just like another thing that i was not that into but um i thought it was like i thought it was funny in like a uncomfortable way when he, like she wakes up and he's like, Oh, you'll probably want this. And he like gives her the, like the robe to wear. And I was like, I mean, you saw it when you undressed her and put her to bed earlier. So yeah. like, I mean, you know. like, yes, now she's going to be more comfortable, but also like she probably wouldn't, didn't love the fact that you anyway. Um, I don't know. Did I, I did I start that tangent? I mean, no, I guess. Oh, yeah, I was just saying, like, I thought yeah. it is, like, that's an interesting, like, if you're, like, as a PI, you're trying not to let them know that you're onto them, but then it's just like, well, here we are now. <laughs> my name is Scotty to yeah. my friends. You I'm going to tell you Scotty. everything about you and, like, hint that I just happened to be there, but it's pretty obvious that I was following you because it's a very obscure place where you were. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was also, like... But then she she was tricking him. I mean, you didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the McKittrick Hotel, where she goes uh, in the room that and she ends up living in later, is the name of the hotel in Sleep No More that you go to in New York, uh, which is the interactive play that I saw. Oh, interesting. Which is, like, vaguely themed, they said, like, Rebecca, and also vaguely themed, like, Macbeth. Uh, but the McKittrick Hotel is the name of the hotel that you go-to. I thought I was like, ah, McKittrick! That sequence was really fun and weird and creepy in, like, a, mm-hmm. a cool way. Like, when he, like, you watch him, like, watch her open the window, and then the old, like, the woman's like, oh, no, she hasn't been here. And then they go up to the room, and he's like, yeah, she's not here. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's so and bizarre. What is the explanation for that? How does that work? I don't know if there is one. I think because the name would be under... Under her action. Yeah. Oh, Oh, interesting. I guess that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. But then how would Valde or the... What was the name of the... Carlota Valdez. Yeah. Yeah. Why would that old lady know the name? Maybe she told her? I don't know. Maybe. Lots of weird plot holes, but anyway. um, Yeah. 
the I thought the I thought the sequence later where after she dies he's going to all the spots that she used to be in thinking that she's each of the people. Yeah. yeah. Was like that was visually good. very cool. I, yeah. I think that's another good piece of editing too, because like I don't so know if many it, blonde if it, ladies in gray suits. Let me tell you, well, yeah, all over I, the place. I just I it I was I was watching it on like a like a smaller TV in my parents' house, um, as opposed to like the big projector where I normally watch these. But like, it seemed like it was Kim Novak, and then like the mm-hmm. person would walk through a shadow, and then on the other side, it would be like, oh no, it's definitely not Kim Novak. So I like I think that's right. another moment of f- cool editing. Yeah. Uh, or several moments of cool editing. Yeah. Um, which also the tree rings uh, sequence that was early on when he's like first with her. Mm-hmm. And they're just like looking at all the different events that have happened over time while this tree was alive. Yeah. That was just a cool sequence. But again, wasn't really sure what we were doing with that whole first half of the story where I was like, what is it? Do we really think she's possessed by a ghost? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> um... <laughs> Because I totally forgot what this what happened in this movie since I watched it in, like, 2014. Like, um, not that long ago. <laughs> not that long ago. But I was like, what are, what is the mystery? Um, but, yeah. I really thought the, uh, the good stuff was in the second half. At least not, like, good stuff. But, like, the tense stuff where I felt like there were stakes was in the second half. Um, but, yeah. But it is kind of just, like, a lot. It's It's a lot. <laughs> I was gonna say, do we want to yeah. just like just talk about that, like the last sure. chunk of the movie in the end? So I think yeah. I think that that sequence of the movie is still immensely watchable. It's just like really uncomfortable and upsetting. And mm-hmm. for me personally, I think it's just like, and I know that this is just like how Hollywood is, which is not an excuse. Like it's it's a problem. It was back then, and it still is. But like the fact that it was like this definitely older man like forcing a younger woman to like change who she is so that he could yeah. get what he wanted was just like really something that Knowing I'm not looking for in my <laughs> loves him yeah. too. Right. Like it's just like not what I'm looking for in my like pop culture consumption in 2021. So like, yeah. like that was just like a really, really tough hang to watch like and again i agree like it is very well made and it is really suspenseful um and i'm sure that it played differently in 1958 which again is not like doesn't make it okay but like watching it now just as like was just like really oh, i'm sure it was still creepy then i'm, I'm sure yeah. it definitely was creepy but like again i think it's not uncommon in classic hollywood to have yeah like a leading man, leading woman, like romantic interests with like a 20 plus year difference between the actors. And it's like still not that uncommon in current Hollywood, but I think it's, it was definitely like much more of a thing back then. Um, yeah. So like, like all of that context just made it like extra uncomfortable for me. And I was just kind of like, I think I'm a little out on this. Yeah. For those reasons. <laughs> like, <laughs> but. Yeah, it, and just, like, it's just sad and scary. He just yeah. becomes really scary. Um, and lines like, uh, oh, God, when he he's like, your hair. And she's like, oh, God. And he's like, come on, it can't matter to you that much. That and one, like, yeah. that one oh. really, really upset that me. That one. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> it, and, like, and that's why I think, like, having him realize the mystery at the end and, like, yelling at her in the bell tower is where it's, like, 
oh, so he, like, now he's figuring out how he was manipulated. But it's still, like, all the gross shit that he does. You're yeah, like, he manipulated oh. her, too. Yeah. Right. So at that point, it should really... At that point, like, the better ending would have been for him to realize it. And then, like, both of them... If you were going to do, like, a really twisted ending, both of them just, like, live with... The other person? <laughs> lie, like, yeah. each other's lies that they have, like, made the other person go crazy with. Um, like, they don't actually address it between the two of them. They just, like, know it and just, like, decide to <laughs> just, yeah. like, live with it and ignore That's it. That's <laughs> not sustainable. I know. But it's also, it's pretty, it's just a weird, yeah. It's a weird uh, turn. But I do, I love the, the line in the letter that she writes where she says, and can't we just forget the other and forget the past? And, like, that it's. In the letter, she's being honest, and she's saying, like, I really loved you, and, mm-hmm. like, maybe you can just love me for me, which is what she tries without telling him the truth. Yeah. Right. He doesn't want to be with her. Um, but I am glad she says out loud more times than I was expecting, like, I don't want to do this, and, like, you're yeah. trying to dress me like her. Where yeah. then it was at least, like, it's not like she's like, okay, yeah, whatever, uh... But it does get to the point where she is agreeing to all these things, and you're like, "No, stop! Like, get out of here." Where she says, "If you let me change, if you let, if you let, if I let you change me, will it do it?" Yeah. Where it's like, "Oh, God." Yeah. A brutal See, line. I think I was... the fact that she was like so vocally opposed to it just made it that much more upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> like it's for sure. Yeah, and again, like I think with context of. 60 years like i think just like I again i don't think it's meant to be upsetting I, i'm not i'm not saying that it wouldn't have been back then i but i do yeah. think like with all the context that we have now in like the post me too world i think there's a lot of oh it, it like it's violates like, everything yeah exactly it's just like really even the stores being him like, standing in the hotel room door i thought was like I, that was like the most intense of them because yeah. she's clearly afraid. Whereas yeah. the rest of them, she's like wanting to be loved. Whereas that one, she's like, I am afraid for my life and safety yeah. right now. Yeah. And how many times do I have to prove to you who I am before you'll like leave me alone? Right. Like, I shouldn't even have to do this. Also, right. uh, total sidebar um, her costumes as Judy before she like. You know, changes into Ma- Madeline. <laughs> she looked amazing. That like green dress that she was wearing when he like first yeah. gets to her, the, her hotel room. She looked incredible. <laughs> I was like, she's True. way better. <laughs> like go with her. Yeah. Like, um, one thing yeah, I again, was just thinking. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, one thing I was just thinking, like as we're talking about this, is I wonder how much it translates to like. If you were to look at the Johnny Scotty character, like, and this is probably, like, I doubt Hitchcock was really doing this because (laughs) of, like, is the 1950s, whereas, like, uh, I feel like nowadays men's, like, mental health is more talked about. And this isn't just men, like, it could, the roles could easily be reversed, but, uh, like, not taking care of yourself yeah. Mm-hmm. Then ruining your relationships. <laughs> like <laughs> like being in a catatonic state and then like not taking the time to like deal with 
like losing this person and then as a result trying to make everybody into that person is like a pretty interesting commentary i think especially for that time period yeah yeah like that's where i'm like i don't know how intentional it was (laughs) but (laughs) right you can definitely at least read it that way now (laughs) yeah i thought that's it's like a lot more has a lot more depth to it i feel like than if it was just like predatory behavior which it also Mm -hmm. is yeah um Mm -hmm. yeah because they really hammer home that like he feels immense guilt now from having this happen twice where like people have died because he can't go up like or be at high heights Mm -hmm. so there's some degree of explaining that yeah he's really off the edge when he uh starts trying to transform another person and it's like well maybe you should have gotten that taken care of uh because now you've killed the one person that you loved because you couldn't handle your shit and then again and then you kill her again yeah and now you're really fucked because now you're gonna remember this forever so (laughs) you went up all the stairs and now you you did it and this time it's real it wasn't the vertigo scotty it wasn't the vertigo and that's the last line of the movie of course (laughs) um but yeah the there were there were some great shots of like the green lighting in Judy's apartment, um, with like the neon lights outside, uh-huh. um, and the shot of the reflection where it's both of them in the mirror, and it's like Jim Jimmy Stewart, Kim Novak, Kim Novak, Jimmy Stewart, and he's <laughs> at oh, the yeah. department store where he's like demanding the clothes, where it's like a visual representation representation of how two faced they each are, of how they have these different sides of their personality like a very like mirror shots are always very overt but like this one was very clearly about like they are not who they're saying they are mm-hmm. um or they're not acting like who they used to act like um but that was a very a notable shot but also yeah all the store clerks being like well he certainly know what he knows what he wants <laughs> it's like get this woman away from him save <laughs> this woman this is she's like cowering in the corner yeah that i thought was funny too when she just goes and puts her head against the wall (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to do this as opposed to Um, like leaving just like i'm gonna just look at this wall (laughs) yeah hitchcock really did not like women and it's very evident and it's very sad uh yeah how he emotionally fucked with his actresses and the characters did he actually fuck with the actresses mentally yeah he like really tortured uh who's in the birds um tippy hedron oh yeah he Mm. like psychologically abused her Um, oh i did i think i did read about that and i think he like sexually harassed a lot of his actresses and it's always like a blonde woman it's always the same type of woman that he like makes get killed or tortured or die is rebecca blonde no not rebecca but the character in rebecca i'm not sure but that's no based idea. on a book, so that's a different story. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's got like a real, real rotten history uh, track record with uh, with women. And uh, yeah, I didn't know that applied in real life. I thought it was just in the movies. Oh yeah, I think he also like frequently cheated on his wife, and then they made the movie Hitchcock, where she's like, "Oh Hitchcock," and he's like, "I'm I'm a rascal," and you're like, mm, "Are you though?" I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> Or is it maybe something more? Um, yeah. Or maybe you were an abuser. Um, 
but well, yeah, you say abuser, and, I say rascal. It's you know, yeah. <laughs> as as a woman, uh, watching like his movies though is like now I'm kind of like man, is it? I didn't mean I didn't know this real life stuff, but like I'm like, is it like they're really good? Even though it's like man, that's torture. They're yeah. like still. I think it might be the way he does it. It's probably. I mean, if he's that way in real life, then it's probably like can add more depth to where most people can't. Um, it's like a like, horror movie where yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, this is so ugly. Um, but he's good at doing that. Like, they're not spaces. situations you ever want to find yourself in, but they're, like, suspenseful, obviously. And, mm-hmm. yeah, like a horror movie that you can't look away from. Yeah. Almost. Very twisted. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Oh, I did like the trial where uh, oh, they were yeah. talking to him. And then he was like, uh, you know, he did nothing. So, you know, she died. And it's because he did nothing. But he couldn't help it because he had that problem that you weren't aware of. But, uh, you know, he can't be held accountable for what he didn't do. And it was just driving home the fact that, like, Jimmy Stewart did not save this woman <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> and that- they're just like, well, you're free whole that was like by far the weirdest court quote unquote courtroom sequence that i've ever seen in any film ever (laughs) it's just like like they were doing it like in a side room yeah or like a barn yeah they like they went to like the second floor of like a saloon or something (laughs) just like they just had some open space and they're like i guess we'll just have a trial here and it's like (laughs) yeah two people that are like in the audience of the trial and then there's like a judge and like seven jurors <laughs> it's just like such mm-hmm. a bizarre like it took me a little while to figure out like that like a trial is what that was like I, like <laughs> right. at first i was like what is this and i was like oh okay they were on I a guess. budget they couldn't get a proper <laughs> yeah. courtroom truly i was like is this like an investigation debrief yeah. like, why why is everyone just like sitting in, in folding chairs <laughs> Everyone looks like they just showed up from where they were moments ago. Yeah. And then they're like, I guess this that's the resolution. So everyone have a great rest of your afternoon. Uh, validate your parking. It just like <laughs> felt, yeah, it felt like a weird pop-up court. Yeah. I also um, noticed, so both this and Zodiac are San Francisco. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then um, this and Portrait of a Lady on Fire both have, uh, like, a woman falling from a height and mm. not making a sound as a plot point. Oh. Interesting. And having it being well, in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, it's suicide, but in this one, it is murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's in, we did a really good job picking these movies. Good job, team. Look at that. They really were uh, multi-themed. <laughs> yeah. That's what we call multi-themed. Oh, is that what we call that? A poly-theme. A poly-theme. <laughs> a poly um, I don't have any other notes, though. What do you guys think about the way. actual ending? Awful. Like, literally, literally the last, like, 30 seconds shit. of the movie. <laughs> I think that's why I didn't like it the first time I watched it, and then watching it again, I was like, that's stupid. What a stupid Do you mean where she gets ending. pushed? Or jumps? I or think falls? It looks, I think every time it looks like she runs away. Yeah, I've And never just seen thinks it that a there's a staircase? <laughs> Well, I think it's like she's too too afraid because she's the oh. one who like seems in hysterics about seeing the nun, 
Yeah. And so then she, it looks like she pushes away, doesn't realize that it's an open window behind her and falls out. Hmm. She's the one who reacts to the nun. I was going to say, I read it more as her... Yeah, I, I think I'm more along... I don't know if I'm quite all the way with you there on, on that one, Matt, but I did read it more as, like, I don't read it as Johnny pushed her. I think I, I think you can. I thought I, about rewatching it because I was like, I don't know, but I feel like he might. I, was, I think, like, it's definitely ambiguous enough in the movie that you could read it either way. I didn't personally read it that way. I read it as, like, her seeing that shadowy figure... And just, like, being scared of either just, like, seeing a shadowy figure and not expecting it, or being scared of, like, the consequences of whoever that shadowy figure may be. And she just, like, either recoiled in horror or just decided that, like, she was just out and jumped. Um, But either way, I don't like it. (laughs) At (laughs) At the end of the day, he pushed her. Like, I, yeah, not, you, maybe not physically, exactly. You're, yeah, but you, you he mentioned pushed that her to that and, point where, yeah. like, that's the decision she makes. Yeah, he is culpable and guilty. Well, and yeah, and he can't blame it on the vertigo this time. Yeah, but <laughs> blame it on the vertigo sounds like a <laughs> dance song. Yeah. Like I was thinking of the Jamie Foxx blaming the, the, the outfit. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what blame it on the vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> The newest hit, just, yeah. along with Disturbia, it's just a whole, <laughs> mm-hmm. a whole album of Hitchcock spinoffs. Hitchcock adjacent ba- like club bangers. <laughs> Yours in five easy payments of twenty nine ninety nine. Hitchcock banger mix. I'm sure there's a song called Rebecca. Oh, there has somewhere. to be. Otherwise, yeah. you could just yeah. throw in some Rebecca Black. Um, <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I just, I was just like the the ending is just so abrupt, which isn't necessarily a problem, but I just feel like I needed more in this particular mm-hmm. movie, and I think partially that's due to the fact that like Midge's character is just like non-existent for the second half of the movie, yeah. And then the movie literally just like ends. <laughs> it's just like, about I, punishing Judy for yeah. the last forty minutes. It's just about punishing her, and then as and soon then as like dies, the punishment anyway. reaches, it's like literal end point this is like okay cut to black we've d- we've done mm-hmm. all we need to do here i'm like oh i would like I at just... least a little bit more resolution on something yeah. <laughs> my first note was that i always want this movie to be just uh oh uh always want this movie to just be uh midge and johnny mm-hmm. yeah for a bit longer at the very least yeah but also, tonally, those scenes also feel crazy sometimes, where they were like, <laughs> they hey, Nancy, hey, how you doing? Oh, how about this? And then it's like, you were the one who lied to me about the death. And you're like, okay. It feels like the suspense of the later half is really, like, deflated by how much there isn't tension in the first hour or so, hour and a half. Yeah. Um, only because it is so, like, bright and light, and then as soon as she dies, it's, like, dark and scary. Yeah. I was curious, what's Midge and Johnny's relationship? I know that they dated. Ex-lovers. But like... <laughs> yeah, it just seems like friends. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, at one point, they, it seemed like they, like, he mentions college. Like, I know that, he, like, Gavin is his, like, college friend, but I, I feel like he mentions college to Midge as if, like, they went to college together. 
which I, I don't think makes sense generally. And also, like, if you look Maybe at them... Maybe she's super like, smart. Maybe they, she just skipped a bunch of years. <laughs> she, also, went, you know what? she went to college when she was 12. <laughs> There's a guy named George out. something. I, d- I don't remember his last name, but it was in Time for Kids when I was a fourth grader. And he was, I think he was an 11 year old college student. <laughs> what a memory. Wow. <laughs> I can't remember his last name. I used to know it. But I remember being like, wow, imagine being that smart. <laughs> Can we all just... I remember those stories. Take a quick minute and appreciate how Tierney just buried the lead that she just was an avid reader of Time for we Kids. We had to! We had to! It was for school. We got them every Thursday and had to write, like, their who, what, where, why, when, and how okay. on a wow. news article. Okay. Wow. That was not part of my curriculum. Yeah, we no, I definitely current didn't events do that. every Friday. I, like, to be fair, it would not be... Name out of character for Tierney like as a young child to no. be reading Time for Kids. It just was funny the way she just like casually dropped that as if that were a thing that normal people would do. <laughs> I was like I, I don't even think I knew that Time for Kids existed. <laughs> yeah. TFK? And like Time Magazine for Kids? <laughs> I, I assume that's what she's talking about. Yeah. 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 It was like six pages. <laughs> The articles were all just, like, 20 words. The latest news <laughs> about child geniuses in America. Just a couple sentences. Yeah. Ah, uh, he's been outstripped by another 11-year-old boy. So, there's nothing to be found. This was before the age of the internet. Yeah. Because somebody's going to have to go... record is now gone. Tierney, yeah. you're going to have to go back to your library and track down the old issues, see if they still have the old issues of Time for Kids. I'm looking for a Jan- July 2000 uh, this Time for Kids. This would have been like 1999 like July, to 2000. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to say July late 90s. I would have like, would have been my guess. I'm so sorry. All of those have been removed from the library. <laughs> Why have they been removed? I'm sorry. This is all the information I can give you right now. And then you stumble onto a mystery of why the Time for Kids magazines are missing from the library. And you find out it's because the child genius took all the articles that nobody would remember his name. <laughs> I can't I believe watch no one movie. else had to read. Oh, Time for Kids still I'm exists. Not, I'm not committing to watching that movie, but I might watch that movie. I'll pitch it with a little more info. Okay. You'll work on that? <laughs> yeah, I'll work on I'll work on my elevator. <laughs> Give us your script updates next time we, we post an episode. I'm just curious sure. to see how that process is going. <laughs> Um, just so, just for our listener out there, it, Time for Kids still exists. A recent issue was a picture of COVID virus or coronavirus with the title "Battling a Virus." Wow! Oh, kid of the year. Cool. Is this is this where we listen to Tierney subscribe to Time for Kids <laughs> in, in real time? <laughs> a six-page magazine released weekly. She's just like sending this somebody at time for kids an email. Can do you do ten year subscriptions? I really want to just keep this thing coming for for a good chunk of time. The funny is thing this? is, I didn't enjoy these assignments. <laughs> <laughs> I'd often erase people's faces and then draw in like angry eyebrows. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that that ink was weak in those little yeah. uh, cheap magazines. Also, really weak in like Sunday school books as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, you gotta make everyone of... angry with angry eyes, <laughs> or like just circle eyes, <laughs> giant circle eyes. Oh goodness! Just defacing 
property. Um, anyway. Anybody have anything else on Vertigo before we get the categories? Nah. Mm, nah. Do you guys feel nah. like this should be considered one of, one of, if not the greatest film of all time? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think you could put some other Hitchcocks up there. Yeah. Hitchcocks. <laughs> I would be fine with not having this uh, any, like up there. Yeah. I don't care about it. I am really curious to see twists, what the, who cares. the 2022 Sight and Sound poll looks like. Yeah. Matt, do you know if if he ever, like, uh, slapped someone? Hitchcock? I think he might have. Because oh, in gonna... a headline oh, it would God. say Hitchcock. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love that we really all knew where you were there. going, but you still went there anyway once you composed yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> through it. Like there was no doubt whatsoever what you were trying to say, but you just wanted to make sure that it was said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. <clears throat> Alright. Okay. Um, I feel like tattoo ideas like uh any of like the designs from the titles, like the uh-huh. like those like those were all really cool. Alternatively, just uh, James Stewart's face, uh, mm. like from that like really upsetting sequence where it's just his head and then just like <laughs> yeah. lights around it, just like that image, which is like an yeah. iconic image, but like is frightening and like would be pretty questionable to have tattooed on your body. <laughs> <laughs> Could like one that like is that Jimmy Stewart <laughs> <laughs> on your thigh? Yeah. Definitely less controversial than just the zodiac symbol. <laughs> and then if you did a cartwheel, it would spin too. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Just like wee. <laughs> um, any other ideas? The bell tower might be cool. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I'm say the mission. That is interesting. Yeah. Much more the, like um, realistic. Of Carlotta. <laughs> <laughs> With an empty plot in front of it, just like yeah. to really drive it home. <laughs> yeah, just in case anyone didn't know. <clears throat> um, would you guys spend time on this film set? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Well, it's a little bit dicey now that I know that Hitchcock's an asshole, but I know. still probably, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jimmy Location Stewart outweighs cool. that. I was going to say, like, prime Jimmy Stewart, I'm in. <laughs> Those eyes, though, Hitchcock. guys, we didn't talk about them enough. Glowing. And it was like I don't know if it's the lighting. Incredible. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, um, that's why they called him Old Bright Eyes. Did they? Yeah, they called it. They called him Old Jimmy Stewart Bright Eyes the Third. Is that who the Killers wrote a song about? Uh-huh. Oh, it's Mister yes. Brightside. <laughs> is it Brightside or is it, it Bright is Eyes? Mr. Brightside. No. Uh, there, there's a band called Bright Eyes. Oh. So maybe they got their name from Jimmy Bright Eyes Stewart. Yeah. James Jimmy Bright Eyes Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) James Jimmy Bright Eyes American Golden Boy Stewart. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what was on uh, his Oscar when he won. I thought you were going to say his headstone. (laughs) Yeah, that's where I thought he was going to go to. I was like, oh, dark. But pretty par for the probably. course for this podcast, honestly. <laughs> yeah, probably on his headstone. Um, I where he's buried. <clears throat> let's see. 
I'm looking up to see if he won an Academy Award at any point. So he did win. He won two Academy Awards. Um, One was... Mr. Stewart Goes to Washington? (laughs) 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 Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? (laughs) Nope, Mr. Stewart. It is canon now. (laughs) I was typing Jimmy Stewart at the same time. (laughs) It's about Jimmy Stewart going to D.C. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a documentary. (laughs) He's like, oh, that's a pretty good ice cream cone. Okay. All right, I like the Smithsonian museums were interesting. <laughs> Let's see what's going on here. Um, um, so yeah, he was nominated for five best actor nomination or for five best actor performances. Um, he only won one. Uh, so he was nominated for Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, Harvey and Anatomy of a Murder, and then he won for Philadelphia Story. But then he also uh, won an honorary good. Lifetime Achievement Award. So, look at him go. Wow. Um, good old Jimmy. Good old James. Oh, Jimmy. wow, we were born in the same year. <laughs> 1908. <laughs> He's buried in Los Angeles, for all of, all of you interested. <laughs> we're still going to find his grave. Waiting, <laughs> waiting for an answer for a question that Tierney asked herself <laughs> five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, if anyone is uh, in L.A. and wants to send us a picture of Jimmy Stewart's gravestone. <laughs> Hook us up. There's a, there's a, there's quote a nice on... prize waiting for you afterwards. <laughs> there's a quote that says on his, uh, he doesn't have a, a good man, he doesn't have a big headstone. He has a flat thing on the ground. I forget what those are called. Um, but it, there's a quote on the inscription that says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. For those who are interested, I don't. Don't think Tierney. that's a quote from him. <laughs> Tierney are those who are interested. I think. <laughs> Just um, I'd add a little more detail. That also that also reminds me of uh, the Arrest Development like season four joke. That's like the Christian uh, morning show that Alan Tudyk hosts, and my coworker keeps sending this picture, but it's just. As it is such, so also as such, it is unto you, is the name of the show. And he's like, welcome this morning to As It Is Such, and As It Is Such, so also as such, it is unto you. And it's very funny. That's real, um... Yeah, those sorts of things remind me of Monty Python and the Holy Hand Grenade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, thy spoketh unto the people, <laughs> and the breakfast cereals. <laughs> That whole part is so insane. I mean, everything about Monty Python is insane, but that particular part is just the wildest. It's so nuts. I should watch that movie again. It's so good. Um, it also reminds me of uh, our beloved cousin Greg from Succession, where he's like, if it is to be said, so it be, so it is. <laughs> Are you, is that your name? If you say that it's such that it is. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> oh, God. I need succession that is in season what three. Is to be said, then that is to be said. <laughs> I still haven't seen any of it. Oh, God. I love I that show so much. Season two is that. very funny. Cousin Greg is the best. Is really, really funny. Yeah. Um, would you guys watch this movie on an airplane? Yeah, probably. Yeah. For the purposes of the question, yeah. I think it's perfectly fine for an airplane. Yeah. Um, I will say I didn't watch it on an airplane. 
when I f- nice. was on an airplane earlier today. So that's true. <laughs> so so, so no, I wouldn't watch it. Like I had to watch uh-huh. this movie at some point, and I could have watched it on an airplane, but I actively did not watch it on an airplane. So did you have I guess Wi-Fi there's the now? answer to my question. Uh, no, but I could have downloaded it. Oh. But also, you want to watch it on a bigger screen. I did not want to watch time. it on an iPad, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's very true. So. Um, I don't know if I would. Just like... You put some reading glasses on, it makes it a bit bigger. Yeah. No, there you go. This I think... <laughs> I would watch the first hour and a half of this movie on an airplane, but I just, like, am so uncomfortable with the second, like, the last that's chunk true. that I don't know if I'd want to sit through that again. Um... That's, uh, we, I don't think we need to talk anymore about Oscar type stuff. That's the only other nah. category, so I feel like we've that's covered vertigo. that ground. So that's Vertigo. That's Lucille too. Congratulations. Wow. <laughs> we did it. Fighting <laughs> characteristic. Uh, what we have you guys been it. up to this week? <clears throat> Tierney, you go first. I'm going to end it because it's easier to flow right into the final thing that I'm supposed to say. So that's what I'm going to do. Oh, what okay. is the final thing that you say to end episodes? You know, I don't know. <laughs> What an interesting tease. I'm so curious. I have no idea how you could be yeah, ending right? these episodes. It's a secret. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can go first. Um, so I started listening to a audiobook uh, called Period Power, which is about periods. Um, Shocking. Which is actually very informative. Uh, mm. A lot of stuff I didn't know. Um, and this... This is coming from someone who does not normally talk about that sort of stuff and uh, would buy my tampons online so I didn't have to buy them in a store <laughs> and look a cashier in the eyes. Oh, no. <laughs> and this led to a uh, bit of a snafu uh, in the sense that I didn't pay attention to the, like, I somehow fucked it up in order and bought like 600 tampons oh no you can't return them but period poverty poverty is a thing which is like where you can't afford like those sorts of products so um like there are places to donate to uh people who need them um and then oh the other thing is the chapter three is there will be blood Yes. Oh my god. If there wasn't a chapter called that in this book, that's like just malpractice by There's this another, author. So like I'm I'm glad that that made it in there. There's another one called Highway to Hell. It's actually a pretty funny book that is like informative and also like all inclusive like it's not just pertaining to like cis women. Yeah. Um because that's good. like yeah. Well, and there's it's like part of the whole introduction is that it is like everyone there are like seasons of everyone's lives that even though like the hormones might mightn't be the exact same like it can still be applicable um before you move on i just that your story reminded me of the infamous story where when nasa was sending the first female astronaut (laughs) i've thought of that several times (laughs) while while listening to this i can't remember the exact setup but like basically it's like somebody they were in space for six days yeah like they were in space for less than a week and somebody was like oh well we need to like send some tampons for whichever woman it is and nasa was like okay is a hundred enough which is just will that be enough absolutely (laughs) insane (laughs) Like, it's just I'm, out of control. 
that song, that comedian song, uh, where it's like one hundred tampons, and they asked, "Will that be enough?" Because they didn't know if that was enough. One hundred tampons. Yeah, so crazy. Like. That's like a half a year's worth of yeah, right. <laughs> Can you imagine being asked that and being like, oh, what? Like, what are you like, asking well, me? It's like, it's like That's these... like hemorrhaging. <laughs> it's like, like you yeah. would be dead. Like, yeah. if you lose that much blood in less than a week, you would die. Like, yeah. In space. <laughs> but it's also like... These are arguably some of the smartest people in the world. Literal rocket scientists. And they're yeah. like, is 100 tampons enough for six days? Have yeah. you ever spoken to some woman before? Are you married? God. <laughs> also, the, uh, the writer of that, the comedian for that song is Marsha Belsky. Just to put credit where credit's due, Marsha Belsky wrote that yes, song. Yes. And Sally Ride... Okay, I was like, I thought famed it was Sally astronaut Ride. Sally Ride was asked by NASA scientists, <laughs> "Is a hundred tampons enough for six days?" <laughs> I thought it was Sally Ride. I wasn't ready to commit there was, to that. But. I think there's also a, a segment of that song that was like, "Imagine, isn't she one of the first women to go into space too?" Yeah. And so it's like, imagine you've come this far and you're getting ready to go into space, and then it's just like. Do you need a hundred tampons? <laughs> Rocket scientists ask you, do you need a hundred tampons? Oh my god, that story will With never... like a notepad to be like, yes or no, how many, how many do you need? a note with little checkboxes, like yes, no. And they're in like a white lab coat. <laughs> Jesus. It really is like, even if you don't know, ask a doctor... And be yeah. like, yeah. what is the recommended amount that you would suggest for a woman going to space in case she has her period? And a doctor, I'm sure, would be like, this is a normal frequency. Instead of NASA scientists being like, well, we're fueled up. Uh, the last question we have <laughs> is something that is easily discovered if we did any effort to try. But instead, we're just going to, like, ballpark it. We're going to ballpark <laughs> Like a, a hundo? Is that, like, a nice round Do you need number? More? More or less. Do we, like, We've got room. Like, we're, we were waiting to ask because we wanted to see like how much room would be left on the space shuttle. We've got some room, actually. We've got a corner that we could, we could put up probably up to 500 if you want it. But if, you, if, you need, if you think you might need good. 500, we can throw those in there. Yeah. <laughs> to gauge oh it with you. Oh, my God. What you needed. Holy shit. Uh, that's also a great segue to just... Like, part of the reason I'm mentioning this book is, like, if you, like, a male in a hetero relationship with someone who is menstruating, like, just knowing that information yeah. to be, like, will your period be a hundred tampons long? It's like, <laughs> maybe yeah. those guys should have read this book. <laughs> yeah. Before asking her. Yeah. It's a great up, little. Literally pick up this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a quick informative guide. Yeah, oh, that's entertaining God. too. Um, and then I watched uh, Frank of Ireland. Um, oh, did you finish? Is the whole thing up on Amazon, or are yeah. you just like okay? Yeah, it's just six episodes. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I I don't know if you guys are planning on watching it. There it, there's a lot of like uh, like that sort of cringe type humor 
which yeah. is pretty fun. Um, but it's just they're all idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it ties up, the last episode ties it up pretty nicely. Nice. I don't want to spoil it because I was pleasantly surprised when you guys get to episode six. I probably, it's on my list. I just haven't gotten around to it. But yes. I plan on checking it out. Who's the main character in that? Is it Brian or uh, is it Dom Pinal? Dom Pinal. <laughs> they're both in it. I know they're both in it, but are they both, like, are they the two leads or? No. Okay. No. <clears throat> Donal is, like, his friend uh, whose name is Doofus. And then Brian How's is it the spelled? main character. How's it spelled? Doofus? How would the Irish people spell Doofus? C-Y-T-H. <laughs> J-J-4. <laughs> Followed by a cluster of consonants. Yeah. And far too many H's. Yeah. Um, oh, and then the last thing is I have uh, <clears throat> been rereading the Harry Potter series, which is, as I've told you guys, oh. uh, one of my favorite book series written by an anonymous author. God so. bless. <laughs> she who will not be named. Yes. <laughs> um, very nice. I Very also, nice. Very nice. <laughs> I also Sorry. want to reread those no never apologize never, never apologize thank you need to it came out before i could stop it nope yeah that, i mean yes that's how it works and you don't have to apologize ride. for it um yeah I, I am also planning on rereading those books this summer and i'm excited for it they're pretty easy reads yeah <laughs> crush them pretty quickly yeah i'm almost done with the second one <clears throat> Um, I guess they are written for children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so interestingly enough, I have I did I wasn't up to much this week. Um, as I mentioned, I am at my parents' house right now in Florida. Mm. Uh, I got on an airplane for the first time in fifteen months, uh, yeah. and that was wild. Um, it also was a red eye. Um, so I was awake for about 23 hours and the flight was, uh, extremely turbulent. So I was deeply uncomfortable for the entire time and then was just exhausted and it's just been a real weird day. And, uh, yeah, that was, that's what I've been up to. But, uh, one noteworthy thing that I do want to talk about, cause I was going to mention it last week and then I forgot, um, but I'm glad I was, I waited a week because, uh, I think I plugged for all mankind, uh, mm-hmm. On an earlier episode of our pod, but the second season finale, uh, like went live yesterday on Friday. That shit rules. Uh, it's so fun, and it's like so. Quick refresher for all mankind is an Apple TV Plus show. Um, that's like an alternate history of. So like the literally the first five minutes of the pilot are like everybody's huddling around TVs to watch the first person walk on the moon. <clears throat> and then the reveal is that uh, the Soviet Union were the first people to make it to the moon. And so then, like, the whole premise of the show is that, like, the space race never really ended. Um, and so um, the first season just, like, follows. It's like, okay, well, the Soviets made it to the moon. Well, now we need to put somebody on the moon. And then now we need to colonize the moon. And just, like, it's just this insane escalation of like what could have happened if we just <clears throat> didn't give up on space travel like we basically did after <laughs> sending mm-hmm. it's nuts to me that we sent several like a f- you know like i think a dozen people to the moon in 1970s or like in the late 60s early 70s and then for in 50 years, years 
yeah, like in a very small amount of time, and then in fifty years we've done nothing. <laughs> yeah. just... Except send hundred data <laughs> yeah, <I> say... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so not nothing, but <laughs> we got back there. We got back to it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I don't want to say too much. But the the finale, so season two takes place in nineteen eighty three. So like, there's like an actual like like there's stuff going on on the moon. It's very cool, very interesting. A lot of the plot threads that happened throughout the earlier part of the season uh, get paid off really well and like in really fun and interesting ways. Um, and I thought like the finale was just like exactly what I want, like just dope space sci-fi shit that just like literally had me in awe. Um, so would recommend. Wow. Uh, but Sally Ride is a character in the second season. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And she has, like, a pretty significant portion. Like, she has a pretty significant arc in the final episode. So I think... Do you know what so, else is a pretty significant portion? <laughs> in this alternate history, I don't know if they still asked her that question, but I can't, it's not addressed in the show. So, mm. <laughs> I, I unfortunately, not. we don't know. But, you know, the idea is that this show is, like things could have been better in terms of the space race. So maybe people didn't ask Sally Ride if she needed a hundred tampons. In this. <laughs> oh goodness. Hilarious. But yeah, I would recommend checking that out. Um, the second season finale was super dope. Bless. Um, one other, just a quick programming note before Matt, you do your mm-hmm. thing. Um, so this was the end of our Oscars run. Um, the Oscars are tomorrow. The Oscars are tomorrow, yeah. which I'm excited about, Obvi. Um, are they in real life or are they all virtual? They're, it's really, I'm very curious to see how it goes because they are doing it in person and they're doing it at uh, Union Station in L.A. So it's like, because hmm. uh, usually they do it in the Dolby Theater. So they're doing it in you Union Station. Kodak. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say to that. <laughs> Dolby Theater, formerly the Kodak. <laughs> but anyway, um, so they're doing it at Union Station so that they can, like, spread people out a little bit more. Um, but they also had, like, really strict, like, um, protocols. or Like, if you were going to attend, you needed to quarantine for 10 days before you could come. And so... Like, they're not letting people zoom in. Um, so, like, you're either at the Oscars or you're not at the Oscars. Um, they oh. are doing, like, satellite locations. So, I do. I think they have, like, um, like a little hub in London. London. I think they have yeah. one in Paris. And I think there's, like, a few more in, like, around the world and in Europe and stuff. But um, I'm really curious to see what, like, it looks like. Um, I thought the Emmys were pretty good. Like the virtual Emmys that they did last fall were pretty solid, and I thought the, the Golden Grammys were looked a fucking train wreck. More so, fun yeah, and like the Grammys, normal. I didn't watch the Grammys, but like from all accounts, it seemed like the Grammys were pretty cool. They had like a little outdoor party. <clears throat> yeah, but the yeah the Golden Globes were just like a travesty this year. So I'm just like <laughs> really really hoping like the Oscars are one of my favorite things every year, and I would love for them to not be awful. <laughs> Steven Soderbergh says that it's going to be like something you've never seen. So yeah. See. Um, but anyway, so that's so we're ending this run, um, and we're going to take a little bit of a break. But then when we come back, uh, we're going to be doing the we're going to dive into the 2021 film festival. Yes. So we will 
we will see you guys soon-ish, and we'll try and get some of those earlier picks out. So if you want to watch the movies beforehand, you can. But just we a quick programming note. First. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> we haven't selected them, so <laughs> you might have to wait a little bit on those. But we'll try and get at least the first few out through our socials, our social accounts. But, um, but yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Matt, what have you been up to this week? Bless. Um, thank you for that programming, though. That's important that our listeners know. Um, I uh, mentioned I watched uh, Shop Around the Corner last night, uh, and that is Jimmy Stewart movie. It was pretty cute. Um, and then, and mostly watching these older movies because uh, my roommates are renting them from Movie Madness, the the famed rental oh. store in Portland. Bless you. Um, they also got To Be or Not To Be, which is a Mel Brooks movie that I hadn't heard of. Oh. With Anne Bancroft, who was in The Graduate. And uh, is that where they met? You... No, they were already married at that point. Oh, interesting. That whole time. Um, yeah, so this was more like their collaboration as a couple. So it was actually pretty cute. Um, the guy who played Papio Daniels is in it. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, you're back. Um, <laughs> Look at and, you. <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's a pretty uh, endearing movie. It's like a Polish theater that uh, becomes wrapped up in uh resisting the nazis occupation um and so like mel brooks has to play a bunch of different people to try to fool different people who are like trying to get information about the underground uh pretty fun and bancroft is excellent in it Um, can you do us a favor between now and whenever we we record next yeah um can you get mel brooks's high anxiety and let us know how that is with uh, vertigo so fresh in your mind oh sure because that's that. that's like the mel brooks's like parody of hitchcock-esque films so oh i will definitely check that out then and it seems like it would be in keeping with the theme that you guys have going on yeah for sure <laughs> the theme of at least one mel brooks movie recently <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and then yeah tv uh watch more promise neverland uh that anime it's pretty good um falcon and the winter soldier i finished uh last episode came out the day before we recorded this i don't some people said it was a mess i don't think it was a mess i think it was kind of like as uh, as like wandavision was um i, I think thought it was, it was a fine. lot of like i think it's weird to have like the message of the thing be like you've got to support people who are like asking for help like it was a very, like, for the people kind of, like, main message. But it's weird that it's, like, still the U.S. military. Yeah. Like, engaging and killing people. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. It's weird to think in terms of now of, like, copaganda. Of where, like, the cops are the good guys. And, like, in something where they're talking about, like, people on the streets, like rebelling against these systems that are keeping them down but then having the good guys still be the system and then having this like final speech where he's like you gotta be better to people because like you're you've got the power and it goes on for like a while where it's it's like this probably could have been more compelling in a different scenario but you really just like made it preachy it's really clunky really clunky and like puts a lot of weight on like that character's shoulders of like a black Captain America telling America how to be better to people. 
And then having yeah. all the senators just be like, oh, you're right. I never thought of it that way before. And it's like, man, America's still <laughs> fucked. Like, yeah. It's not like th- two senators' decisions that's going to be like, we're going to be better to people. It's like, that's not how this feels. And like, yeah. it's weird to have the good guys be the bad guys. Yeah. In any yeah. case, um, I finished that and... Uh, our, we've got like a big cameo from it's a, it's not even a spoiler at this point but Julia Louise Dreyfus is in it Jesus now, and will be in other movies which is pretty cool we so I watched it with my sister Who's and brother she playing? The, su- the super <clears throat> villain from the comics that I don't know much about but her name is Contessa Valerie it's something. an insane name yeah, <laughs> she says it a couple Von... times and I only caught parts of it but, like... yeah, but she says call me Val so her name is Val, and she's got like a purple streak in her hair, and is very villainous. And it's fun. I, I watched this last night with my sister and brother-in-law before we went to the airport, and I was like, I don't really know how I feel about this character, but I love Julie Louis Dreyfus's energy. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Same. more of that, please. Like, I don't really care what's going on with her character or her motivations or anything like that. Like, whatever. I'm sure we'll get that in time. But I'm like. She's got a lot of fun energy going on, so I'm I'm good to keep that around. Where are you guys watching this? Disney Plus. Disney Plus, baby. Oh, when you first started talking, I thought it was a television show. It is a television. It's a Disney Plus TV show. Oh, I thought it's not a movie. No, I'm so confused. Part show that is basically basically is a movie. It's a Marvel movie that's six hours long, so they broke it up into smaller pieces. Yeah. And speaking of breaking something off. Oh, so anyway, yeah, Winter Soldier. It was fine. Um, speaking of breaking something up into smaller portions, I am in Quibi? the final. What? Quibi? Are, you, are we about to talk about Quibi? <laughs> not talking about Quibi. <laughs> there was some Quibi news recently. Did you guys hear this? No, no. Quibi died one final death because Roku purchased all their content and they're rebranding it as Roku Originals. <laughs> oh, my Quibi. So Quibi's. Oh, no. Like, Quibi just died. Like, it just, it's like, it's. Uh, what's the Simpsons meme where it's like, I think he's already dead. It's just Stop like, it, he's already dead. dead. Yeah, like, <laughs> when Homer's killing the hamburger. Yeah. But it's just Quibby. Like, it's yeah, just, just Quibby. <laughs> yeah. Just one last pile on, even though they've been dead for a while. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Quibby. Rip Quibby. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> but no, uh, I, I am in the final chapters of the... Pulitzer Prize winning book Empire Falls a book that I have been listening to on audiobook yeah. for four years wow yeah. look at you guys I think we years. were living together yes. <laughs> yeah I own the book and I never read the book and then I was like I should just start listening to the audiobook um, and surprisingly remember most of the stuff from early on oh to where I'm like I every time I've picked it up I've been like oh yeah I remember where we were um but it's very good. It's very good characterization, and uh, it feel. I don't know the ending. I know vaguely something that happens that I'm not looking forward to. Um, but the it feels like doom is approaching, and it's been a very like chill family, main <laughs> comedy drama this whole time. Uh, and I think something very bad's about to happen, and I don't know how it's gonna feel. So I will report back once I'm done with this book next year, whenever I finish. <laughs> uh, but speaking of finished, I'm finished. 